Hi, this is Parker Bone III, and you are listening to the Above180.com podcast with Joey Serrar and Tim Berg. Hi, this is Krista from BowlerX Pro Shop. Don't forget to stop by BowlerX.com, check out some of our great deals, and always free shipping on every item every day. Jet Bowling is a proud sponsor for Above180.com. Want your score to soar with a new Jet Altitude or any other great ball in the current lineup? Go to JetBowling.com, enter coupon above 180, and listeners can get a great discount. Jet Bowling, taking your game to a maximum altitude. Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowlers Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today is Scott Scriver. Scott runs virtualtournaments.com, leaguesecretary.com, and also virtualtournaments.com. Scott, Tim Berg, and Joe Serrar, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, Scott, you are one of the one of your ideas that you have is about back in two thousand one. You started a website called virtualtournaments.com. Why don't you take the chance to explain that to the above one eighty dot com listeners? Well, virtualtournaments.com is a it's a tournament that allows people to use their their weekly league scores towards a national bowling tournament. Uh, we have a lot of people that cannot afford to travel to different tournaments with a, a additional hotel and travel costs involved. With virtualtournaments.com, you can now just use your league scores towards a national tournament. And, Scott, I have a question for you. Joe Serrar here. Uh, does it matter if you bowl in a sport league, a house shot league, an unsanctioned league? Do you have certain parameters that everyone has to abide by? We do We do tell people that you must be at a standard American 10-pin league. We do not allow no tap, but we do allow sport leagues. And since our tournament is a handicapped tournament, if you are in a sport league, First of all, you must have been in one previously. That way we have an established average uh, based off of a sport league. So if you were in a sport league last year, you, you can bowl in the virtual tournaments this year with that sport league. And we will use that average, your previous season average, as the basis for your handicap at that point. But the only, the only caveat is that it is not a, a, a no-tap league, that it must be a standard American 10-pin league. Great. And, Scott, tell me then, I guess, how does it work? I go to your website. I go to virtualtournaments.com. I register as a user, and then how are the scores verified? Uh, how do I make payments? How, do, how does it work from there? We receive the scores on, from multiple avenues, people who upload. For, if you have leagues that upload to leaguesecretary.com, those scores are automatically applied to the tournament. You basically just go onto the website, uh, register. Right after you register, you go ahead and list what leagues that you belong in. Uh, you, then you can make payment. We accept Visa, MasterCard, all the, all the basic uh, credit cards. Uh, tournaments start on Mondays, and they go through Sundays, so that it's for the entire week. After you bowl, you log on, uh, you enter your scores, or if your leagues are uploaded to leaguesecretary.com, they're going to be automatically processed. Uh, if you have to manually enter your scores, we do require people to fax in their recaps and standing sheets, and any of the cash-winning scores are then verified directly with the bowling center or league secretary, sometimes both. If there is any uh, discrepancies in the scores, we usually have the uh, bowling center fax us a copy of their their copy of the recap sheet, and we compare then the scores. We have had a few people in the past try and uh, 
change their scores on the recaps and on the standings itself, and we do catch those, and we basically we ban them from life and obviously disqualify them from the tournament. So, Scott, um, you know, obviously trusting people is a, a tenuous situation at best in the long run, but uh, for the most part, you've been doing this for 10 years. Uh, people have been on the up and up. You haven't had too many cases of people trying to pull a fast one. You know, when you factor in the number of entries we've had, I can probably count on one hand how many people we've actually uh, caught trying to cheat the system. So over 10 years, you know, five or six people that we've had to completely ban from the website. You know, the stats, stats are pretty good on that. But, yes, you are, you're always going to have somebody who's going to try and take advantage of the system, and it's up to, uh, up to us to try and catch those. The good thing right, is and, we And do you keep of, record of actual names or actual USB-C numbers to verify uh, legitimacy? Yes, we do. We do have basically all their information on the background because the, the, the only way they're going to get paid is to give us their, their name. So, you know, it's, it's, we got their true name. We do have their USB-C number. Uh, but since we are not a sanctioned tournament uh, through the USBC, there's really nothing, no recourse we have to with the USBC to, you know, pull their sanction card or anything like that. We just ban them from the tournament itself. Scott, what, when you have these tournaments, you said it's handicap. I, I believe you guys have a couple different divisions. So explain to the bowler, uh, to the Above180.com listeners, maybe people that are just starting out bowling in that 150, 160 average. And then also the people that listen that are 200-plus, explain how this uh, virtual tournament is for them. Yes, we do have two different divisions. We have a div- uh, 199 and below handicap and 200-plus handicap. For the 199 and below, uh, the handicap basically is 90% of highest entering average. So if you're in the uh, 199 and below division, if the highest person in there is only a 197 average, then the handicap for that division for that week is going to be 90% of 197. People who have the lower averages because of that handicap, they can still compete in our tournament. Uh, we, do, we have had several people with 150, 160, or even below 150 average uh, win in the weekly tournament. The 200-plus, uh, obviously the, the cap can go as high as, you know, whoever's got the biggest average. We do have some people in here with a 220, 230 average, but because the, of the handicap system that we have, it does allow for people to compete on an even basis. So, Scott, tell me, was this idea for this virtual tournament uh, your brainchild? Or, uh, and, and part two to that question, are you thinking of possibly doing something as big as, the, say, the poker tournaments out in Vegas? <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, it, it, it was my idea. It was something that we came up with, like I say, back in 2001. When we have uh, uh, the website of LeagueSecretary.com, we have basically all the data for every league that uploads since uh, 2001. And when we decided uh, with those scores, we wanted to uh, produce some kind of challenging tournament uh, behind the scores uh, that are being uploaded, and uh, we came up with the idea of VirtualTournaments.com. Um, been going for about 10 years. We get uh, usually on average between 150 and 200 bowlers a week. Um, as far as it getting as big as some of the uh, the, the poker events, it, it would be nice. Uh, it's been a long road the last 10 years, and we are seeing growth each and every year, although slow. But I think uh, as people start trusting the tournament a little bit more, because a lot of people, when they, when they hear, oh, it's an Internet tournament, 
you know, with all the, the scams and whatnot going on on the Internet, a lot of people tend to shy away from it. But the longer we're in, the, the longer we do this, the more people are starting to trust the tournament itself. Joining us on the Above180.com podcast is Scott Scriver. Scott, one of the things noticing you guys do brackets, you do eliminators, you do side pots, high game side pots, and uh, your prize ratio, you know, payback to bowlers, one in five, which is actually a really good, uh, when you're bowling tournaments, is really good because a lot of times you'll see one in six, one in seven, or even one in eight. So I'm, I'm noticing here your entry fee is $16 for singles, and then it looks like you guys also have a doubles option for folks as well. Um, one of the things I'm curious about, though, based on, let, let's just put everything that we're, we're bowling these on, on typical house shots. Um, do you have a, an area where you see or an uh, area of the country or a region where maybe you see more winners because their house shots seem to either A, be consistent, or B, their house shots just is a little bit more easy? Or do you believe that adding in the handicap factor kind of maybe makes it more level for everyone? I think, you know, adding in the handicap is going to make it level for everyone. I mean, you, you, you've got people that are, are always bowling in the same center each and every week. Uh, even if you if one house has an easy shot and another house has a hard shot, you still have an established average based on that shot, and you you, you still got to you know the, the tournament is basically a beat your average tournament at that point. So if you if you're bowling on one on a house with an easy shot, again you've got an established average already on that house. If I'm bowling here in Phoenix on a a hard hard shot, then you know my average is going to be a little bit lower compared to that other center, but it's still it's a handicap based off of that average that you've established in that center. So as far as the different lane conditions, it really doesn't matter when you're, when you're dealing in this situation. Um, we, ta- we take a look at the previous season average for that specific league, um, and we do have a 10-pin drop rule. So if, you, if your average uh, is below 10 pins of your previous season average, we're still going to use your previous season average as your basis for your handicap. So then do you, uh, Joey mentioned and alluded to sport tournaments, do you guys adjust? If I bowl in a sport, if I bowl in a sport league and average 182 or 179, you know, do you guys move that up to that, over that 199 and above, or will, will I stay in that 199 and under bracket? If you bowled in a sport league last year, we will use that as your basis. We will not adjust your handicap. If you did not bowl in a sport league last year and you enter with a sport league this year, then you're being used as your, we're going to use your highest previous season average. Okay, and, and, and that's where I think the gray area is, Scott, because there are bowlers, what if you bowl in both a sport league and a regular league? What if your average is higher in a sport league compared to a non-sport league? Is there still an adjustment being done? If your average is higher in a, in a sport league versus a non-sport league? Yes. We actually have not come across that with any of our entries. Talk a little bit. You mentioned you've alluded to LeagueSecretary.com. Talk about you know why you formed that and how you formed that because that really is something that I know a lot of league bowlers use, and you guys have some really neat functions to that. As far as bowlers, after we bowl, we like to know how we did and how we're stacking up against the other teams and if we've moved up in standings, what our average did. League Secretary really allows folks to check, check out their scores, check out their league sheet during the rest of the week. Yeah, exactly. League Secretary was... Pretty much thought of back in 1998 when we started BowlingLeagues.com. Um, CDE Software out of Seattle contacted me and asked if we would be interested in hosting uh, league standing sheets on BowlingLeagues.com. At that time, it was just a graphical image of the standing sheet, and I think it was about year. I think it was about 2000 when we actually started getting the physical data behind the actual league. Every game scored. 
Uh, and you're right. You can you can view your recaps. You can view your standings. We have average by 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 the team. We have average by pair of lanes. I mean, any way you can slice and dice the data, we have it on LeagueSecretary.com. We've been uh, doing it, like I say, for what 11 or 12 years now. We have well over 800 million games in our database. So we're we're now starting to see how we can how we can change the industry with this data. You know, is is averages in a specific center. Uh, versus a center down the street, you know what what is the cause for that? We have we have actually had some centers call us up and thank us for what we what we have our center graph that shows the average by pair of lanes for every league that's in that center, and they see that they got a problem with a specific set of lanes because all of a sudden the average drops drastically on that pair of lanes. So they see right away if they have a problem with with a pair of lanes. And, you know, Scott, I've been to uh, LeagueSecretary.com. It's a wonderful site. I haven't used that uh, lane analyzation tool yet, but uh, I'm definitely going to now. So what has the response been from USBC in regards to all all of your sites? Have they been supportive? Uh, Here and there they have been. I mean, we've been in talks with them. We're currently in talk with them on the uh, VarsityBowling.com website for the youth youth bowlers. But as far as LeagueSecretary.com, we... We started the bowling leagues back in 98, and when Bowl.com launched, I believe it was about 2000, 2001, somewhere around there, that's when they also started uh, accepting the uploads of league standings. So, I mean, they, they followed our lead in that case, um, but they are currently only still receiving just the graphical uh, image of the standing sheet. They do get the final scores from the end of the season, obviously, but they do not get the weekly scores like we get we're going to be doing with with bowling this month we're going to be doing a tournament to coincide with the uh the btm that they have uh the btm is basically designed to allow people to come and practice on the the same lane conditions or same or very similar lane conditions as the nationals so if you go when you go to baton rouge make sure you visit the btm uh you'll be able to get some practice on the same lane conditions um and at the same time, be involved in a tournament with the BTM. Now, what we're doing is, as most people know, when you bowl the Nationals, you've got to wait six months before you find out if you cash. We're going to be doing a monthly tournament to coincide with the BTM. So if you go and bowl the BTM in February, you will have and win money in our tournament. You're actually going to get a check in March. Same thing in March, you'll get a check in April. So we're going to do a monthly tournament to coincide with the BTM to allow people to get uh, to cash out sooner than the six months. Right, and, and what you're saying here is scores that are thrown in the actual tournament will be computed? Exactly, exactly. And we're going we're gonna to offer brackets and side pots as well, so people will, will have additional chances to win money. So it's a side tournament in addition to the side tournament, and, and it's actually a really neat way because if you go out to that tournament and you bowl well, you know you're going to get money back from the uh, – from the bowler, you know, bowling this month tournament, but now you actually might get some money back a little bit earlier. So it really seems like a win-win for everyone. Exactly. In fact, Tim, in, in our case, that may be the only money we get back. Yeah, exactly. And also do want to mention, everyone, that we're going to be, uh, last year we did something really neat with Rick Ramsey and the, the folks at uh, Bowling this month. We did a, uh, a little update every week where we'd bring Rick on for a few minutes and just kind of do an update on the scores that week, maybe some people that were coming into town that he had he knows and uh, really try to keep people informed on the uh, tournament the same thing also with the uh 
Bowler's Journal tournament, which uh, everything, of course, we're talking about runs in conjunction with the USBC Open. So that, and now actually also there's a new tournament, Joy, down there. Uh, Jet Bowling is also jumping into the mix here with another tournament. So lots of side stuff to bowl this year when you go down to Baton Rouge. Uh, Scott, just want to really thank you for joining us today. Lots of great information. And I know, Joy, like you said, I haven't checked out the, uh, the analyzing uh, portion of League Secretary, but certainly I'm going to now because really been noticing my game. My third game has been dropping off, and I need to probably be kind of saddened when I see what my third game average is, but still something that we can all use to uh, as a tool to improve our game. That sounds like a great idea, Tim. And, you know, and it may be your third game is your low game because you're getting a little bit old and, you know, you're probably just tired out, especially <laughs> throwing two shots every Friday. Yeah, exactly, when you throw as many shots as I do. But, Scott, again, thank you for hopping on with us. Uh, stay in touch and keep us informed as far as even we got to bring you back on, too, as well, talk about varsity bowling and some of the stuff you're doing with the youth programs out there as uh, we all know youth is the future for bowling and what's going to really keep bowling uh, moving forward here. All right, thank you, Scott. Well, Joey, uh, Scott Scriver joining us there on the program. Uh, great talking to Scott. I've been kind of been bouncing around his website, and there's a lot of neat stuff on there. So thought it'd be nice to share some of this, uh, some of the information because I think we both had some questions with the uh, league secretary uh, and and uh, virtual tournaments because, like you said, that you don't know. You, you hope everything is run properly and on the up and up, but it's still great to hear it from Scott that it is. Well, you know, and I did enter their forum, Tim, prior to our show, uh, just to try and hear some of the feedback on there, and I saw nothing negative. So it seems as though he's doing a great job trying to keep everything, you know, legit and above board. And, uh, I mean, in fact, there was a, a number of uh, people writing in thanking him for, like, making corrections and doing this and that. So, uh, again, I saw no negatives on there on the forum, so... Uh, it seems like something that bowlers should consider, especially if you're an improved bowler from the previous season, and, and he'll allow you to use last year's average and you're bowling a little better this year. Uh, it almost seems like a, a no-brainer to, to try it out, at least you know, give it a shot for a few weeks and see how you do. Well, exactly, and it's $16, so it's not like you're paying a 40 or $50 entry free for a tournament um, and some good money in, in the tournament as well in side pots and brackets. Uh, before we go, Joey, I want to remind everyone, make sure you check out BowlerX.com Pro Shop. Uh, they have lots of great information. It's BowlerX.com. Uh, got free shipping on everything there. Check out your bowling balls. Uh, no, they're really doing great. Talk to Lee and Krista this week. Uh, the Nexuses are just flying off the shelf. Nexus Pearls, everything. Uh, everything is going great over there. A, a proud sponsor of Above180.com. And uh, I know everything is going well with them. And, and uh, very busy after the first of the year, probably much like yourself, Joey. Oh, without a doubt, Tim. You know, this is the time of the year that uh, most top players get their, their arsenals in order. They, they fill that void. Uh, you've got city and state tournaments coming up. The, the national tournament starting in February. It's just a, an exciting time of the year. And there's some pretty exciting new balls coming out that you and I are going to touch base on uh, for our next show. Uh, we'll also talk about the ball annual guide that's uh, featured in the Bowler's Journal magazine. Uh, we, we can pick some balls out and kind of talk about which balls we felt are a little bit more special, let's say, or unique from others. Uh, so it should be an exciting show. Exactly. And also, want, speaking of bowling balls, Joey, uh, make sure you check us out on Facebook. Uh, it's, uh, go to Taking Your Bowling Game to the Next Level. End of this month, uh, the fine folks at Jet Bowling are willing to donate uh, a jet ball of your choice. So all you have to do is be a Facebook. Uh, you have to like us on Facebook. That's it. Just click like. Don't have to put your entry or don't have to do anything else special. Just like us on Facebook. And uh, at the end of the month, we're going to pick someone at random, and uh, they're going to win a free jet bowling ball of their choice. 
probably want to go with the Jet Altitude, their newest. I've heard only great things about the ball, but uh, it'll be your choice as far as what you want. We'll we'll put you in touch with Chris out there at Jet Bowling, but uh, make sure you check that out on Facebook, also Twitter. We're at Above180.com. Going to have some neat things as we move forward this year and, and beyond with that, but uh, Joe, you're right. I can't wait to talk about all the new the, the pieces and kind of look back at some of the pieces from 2011 and then even look forward, like you said, to 2012 and what we can expect. Uh, lots of great stuff out there. Yep, it should be, should be a good show. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon.